0: First paragraph, But as for me, who derived the Son from no other source, but from the substance of the Father, and represent him as doing nothing without the Father's will. Now, this is all we've already hit some hard stuff already. So, as I have stated earlier, that it is obvious that Tertullian is a monarchical uh, proto Trinitarian. Uh, and we see that the substance of the Son, which he is alleging is to be divine, uh, is a derivative substance from that of the Father. Now, and more than that, that we also have. Uh, a understanding of the son's will as it relates to the father's will. So the son does nothing of his own will except the father's will. It would almost seem already that he could be proposing that they have a shared will or that the will that the son has is a subordinate will to that of the father. I'm not sure, but we're going to keep reading. And as having received all power from the father. Now notice the father is not only uh, dominant in will and in nature, but he is dominant in power. Thus, the father will be sufficiently called from my understanding the almighty. But just notice already we're seeing a derivative understanding as it relates to the qualities and particularly the essayity of the Lord. How can I be possibly destroying the monarchy from the faith? And this must obviously be an accusation that the detractors of Tertullian must have waged against his, uh, his, his premise. How can I be a detractor of it, he's saying, when I preserve it in the Son, just as it was committed to him by the Father. Wow. The same remark, parentheses, I wish also to be formally made by me, which with respect to the third degree in the Godhead, because I believe the Spirit, and I guess he's calling the Spirit the third degree. Now, that's interesting. Hmm. I wonder, does he mean, when he says third degree, does he mean of a different level, you definitely see these and and I could be misinterpreting it wrong but it definitely sounds subordination is a little bit there when you start talking about degrees of godhood, because I believe the spirit to proceed from no other source than from the father through the son so I'm guessing and and my memory isn't really moving so well but but I believe the filio, the filioque controversy between the east and the west uh, and somebody uh, don't quote me on that if I'm wrong but I know one side Uh, feels that there is only one way that the uh, procession takes place, and that's through the Father. But Tertullian obviously has a a stance that the procession of the Spirit is brought through the second person of the Godhead. Look to it then, that it be not you, rather, who are destroying the monarchy. He said, (laughs) this is you the one messing stuff up. When you overthrow the arrangement and dispensation of it, which has been constituted just as many names, as it has been pleased God to employ, but it remains so firm and stable in its own state, notwithstanding the introduction into it of the Trinity, that the son actually has to restore it entire to the father. Now this is interesting. Even as the apostle says in his epistle concerning the very end of all now, whoa, 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 wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Now this is the part what makes me kind of wonder, does Tertullian believe the Trinity to be eternal or simply a sequential, processional, limited time type deal. I'm not really sure. It's it's, it's kind of vague here. Uh, now, but I'm I'm just starting from the top because I know some. I, talk, I was talking with a Trinitarian apologist, and he accused me of uh, not representing or my scholarship not being up to par. But I, I'm not really sure how he can say that when I'm reading the man word for word. But it remains so firm and stable in its own state, notwithstanding the introduction into it of the Trinity, that the son actually has to restore it unto the father. Now, wait a minute. What is the son restoring to the father? Then he quotes an apostle, uh, which is going to say, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the father, for he must reign till he hath put all his enemies under his feet. Following, of course, the words of Psalm, sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. When, however, all things shall be subdued to him, with the exception of him who did put all things under him. So he's saying everything is going to be subdued except himself. Then shall the son also himself be subject unto him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. We thus see that the sun is no obstacle to the monarchy. He's saying that this separate uh, hypothesis that we would call the sun that is a derivative of the divine nature is not an obstacle of the monarchy, although it is now administered by the sun. Wow. So he's saying that pretty much the sun is the administrator of the monarchy, it, as it seems, temporally, which from a oneness perspective, we would have problems with that. For, for as we understand that his kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom. Uh, in this context of Revelation, and he will reign, will be restored to the Father because with the Son, it is still in his own state, and with his own state, will be restored to the Father by the Son. No one, therefore, will impair it on account of admitting the Son to it, since it is certain that it has been committed to him by the Father, and by and by has to be again delivered up by him to the Father. Now from this passage of the Epistle of the Inspired Apostle we have been already able to show that the Father and the Son are two separate persons, not only by the mention of their separate names as Father and Son, but also by the fact that he who delivered up the kingdom and he to whom it is delivered up is like manner, he who subjected all things, and he to whom they are were subjected must necessarily uh, be two different beings. Now I want you to see the the primary argument of chapter uh, uh, 4 here is that he is alleging that the very reason that they cannot be one person, is from the uh, premise that if we understand Christ to be delivering up the kingdom to the Father, then he has to have somebody delivered too. Almost to say that this must be a text uh, transcribing a transactional authority, which I would find to be a problem, at least within social Trinitarianism and probably more modern monarchical Trinitarianism, because We now have the issue of a, how can we say, an authority economy that the father uh, has derivatively given his authority to the son, which he is enjoying the absolute power, but after that he has completed such an assignment, he will now give that authority back to the father. Uh, This would suggest that at a certain point in salvation's economic history, that the father has a level of authority that is uh, able to be communicated at the expense of his own. So right now does the son have more authority? And if these, if these transactions of of authority and and even if some would say glory are to be accepted, how can we consistently argue for what is to be understood as co-equality? If it is something that can be given and distributed. Now, it's no problem if you have a oneness understanding, because we understand all authority is given to the Son, the man, Christ Jesus, because he is the mediator in his humanity between God and man. But if we're talking about three separate uh, experiences of the divine will, who are essentially the same in nature, and essence, but different in hypostatic uh, consciousness, this definitely, to me, leads to the problem of what one may consider uh, tritheism. And I think it could also contribute to a deeper problem in the monarchical model, which I don't have as many issues with, but I do have an issue with the monarchial Trinitarian model in the sense that the father is the only one with a saiety. If that is the case, that's subordinationism, which to me, subordinationism is akin to uh, tritheism uh, or biotheism, are you going to call it, I can't think of the word. <laughs> but hey, let somebody know we got a good apostolic Pentecostal commentary going on with Tertullian against Praxis. And as always, remember, it's the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name.